0: pray for us. Carrie?
1: Father God, I again thank you for this morning, Lord, and thank you that your mercies are new every morning, God, and uh, Father, that you you grant us the privilege in this nation to be able to meet um, together with freedom, Lord, and this morning we remember those all across this world that don't have the freedom, Father, to meet together publicly. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen your church all over this world. um, Father, That um, your persecuted church, that you would strengthen them, that you would um, encourage them right where they're at, God, to be able to endure. And Father, as we come together this morning, may we be focused on on you. May we forget the worries and the uh, struggles of this week. And may we be able to receive exactly what you have for us. And may we walk away encouraged and convicted and prompted to move with quickness on on the things you wish to impart to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
2: Sure. Because I
0: Jesus that God nothing can separate us from your love and the father your love endures forever that God you've called us out of darkness and to your marvelous light I pray oh God that we would be encouraged today through the reading of your word the fellowship the leading of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. You've given him to us, Lord, to, to comfort us, to lead us, to guide us, to empower us, Lord. Your word says that if we walk habitually in the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of our flesh. We thank you, Father, that You've protected us, that you've seen us through the storm. There's still so many people, Father, without due to the storm. And I pray, oh God, that you would provide for them. I pray, oh God, that they would seek you above all. I am reminded of the 80-old woman who has been without power since the storm and she's taking care of her older son who was sick and listening to her last night, God, and what she has had to endure and what she's still enduring each day. and But God, she gave you the honor and the, the praise and how you are sustaining them. That they don't even know when the next meal would come. She could barely breathe in the heat. But yet, God, she had such joy and peace upon her. So I pray, oh God, That we will learn, God, to be content. In all circumstances, in every situation. God, that we would no longer continue to be driven by our flesh. By desires, by insecurities. But God, that we would be driven to you. To our knees, God. To cry out unto you, Lord Jesus. To receive from you, Lord Jesus. That our hope would not be in our circumstances being fixed. Our hope would not be in the temporalness of life. But that our hope would be rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Who has defeated sin and death. Who has risen... And is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God, our victorious King, our risen Savior. So may we focus and fix our eyes upon you, Lord. For in you, Father, we will never be disappointed. For God, you complete us, you heal us we are made whole, we are made right with God through you, Lord. All because of your love for us. So God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear today. God, that we would apply these truths to our lives. God, that we would take off the mask, that we would lay aside the religion and the religious works and that, God, we will go deeper into fellowship with you, Lord Jesus. That we would mature, that we would grow up, that we would serve others genuinely hearts your word says that we will know that the world will know that we belong to you by our love for one another and i pray that for us today god that we truly would love each other that we would truly serve each other that your name would be exalted in our lives So, bless our time, I pray, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. We'll pick up next week in our series going through the Bible. Today, we are heading to Ephesians chapter 1.
3: <laughs>
0: Ephesians chapter 1. My hope for us today, and as I've been praying for our time today, is that we would be encouraged to really lay aside the issues of life that's hindering our walk. To throw off the sin that so easily entangles us so that we can press on to maturing in Christ. To recognize the times in which we are living. And in doing so, allowing that recognition to prompt us to live a godly life so that other people will be impacted with the good news of Jesus Christ. That others would come to know Jesus and accept Jesus because they see a transformation in us. That we would bear witness to his name, to his greatness. And we've talked a lot about that here over the years. How you see him is how you'll live for him. If he's not a great God, if he's not Lord of our lives, we would not live that way. We will live as if he's not great. We will live as if his statues, his standards, his laws mean nothing to us. We will live in a way that does not honor him. But if we see him, For his greatness if we see him and we truly believe that he is lord that he is king uh, then we would honor him so today i want the word of god to really bring us to a place to allow the holy spirit to minister to each of us have you lost sight of his goodness of his grace of his greatness of his lordship we have endured And we're going to continue to endure. The world is going to continue to grow darker. Times are going to get even worse. And if we can't stand in this hour, we surely will not stand in the days and the hours to come. Are you quick to give up? Are you quick to give in? Are you quick to, to, to just lash out? that is not how we're to be living we have got to prepare for what's ahead we have got to prepare for the return of our lord i've been reminding i've been reminded this week of the virgins the 10 virgins those who were prepared and those who weren't are you prepared Are you diligently serving Him? Not religious works, not trying to do good, because in and of yourself you can't. But truly, genuinely, loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your body, with all of your strength. And then loving others. Serving others. Living a life of of, of righteousness, of truth. Not deceiving yourself and deceiving others, not believing your own lies, but walking in truth. Being a good steward of all that He's entrusted us with. Recognizing that you have been delivered, that you have been set free. Are we living like freed people? Or do people continue to hear our bondage? Are people continuing to see our enslavement? Because that's not how it should be. It's not based on your circumstances. It's based on your heart attitude. It's based on your heart attitude. Your freedom doesn't come from your circumstances changing. No, your freedom comes from what Christ has done in your heart. The heart change. The new birth. We're not to be the old ways. There's a new way in which we're all to be living. That's what we're called to. It's in Christ. That is our position. We're in Christ. He himself tells us that in this world, you are going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've already overcame the world. I've been really focusing the past week or so on joy joy are you a joyful Christian do people see joy in us because if not something's wrong something is terribly wrong and so that's not to bring condemnation and shame and guilt and turn it all inwards and look how bad you are as a Christian no because that's the flesh The reality is, is it's just the Holy Spirit bringing conviction, drawing you to repentance and receive the fullness of His joy because He wants to give it to us. He wants us to live it out. No matter our circumstances, no matter what we're facing or what we're going through, that we can maintain joy. That we are cultivating that in our lives. That we are not living this life alone. But God has given us his Holy Spirit. God has given us a fellowship. God has given us the ability to do life and to live life out. And so there's ways in which we are called to live. And I want to challenge us. Challenge us. Allow the Lord to search our hearts. And if there's anything within us that is not honoring Him, then we need to let it go. We need to let it go. We need to lay it down. There's work to be done. We're to be growing brighter because the world is growing darker. We know this. We see the signs all around us. Truth is not no longer accepted in this day and age. There's, it's chaos out there. That's why it's so vital that as believers, we maintain our position in Christ. He has to be the one leading us day by day, moment by moment. We've talked about this before. It's a choice. Life or death is set before you, and everything you do. What are you choosing? life or death. The way you speak, the way you think, what you're putting your hands towards, where you're allowing your feet to take you, your interactions with others, life or death. And understand, death is more popular now. People are choosing to go the ways of themselves. Living life, choosing life is not popular. Choosing life, you will be Persecuted, Choosing life, you will be hated. Choosing life, people, you're not going to be accepted. Because when you finally put your foot down and say, no, this is the way that I'm going, not everyone is going to applaud you. Not everybody is going to understand it. But you must go that way. Because that, as a Christian, is how we're called to live. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life in the abundance. We're called to be slaves to righteousness, right living, right standing with God. Remember, how do you see him? Like, is he great? Is he Lord? Because if not, you're not going to honor him with your life. He's not going to be great. He's not going to be Lord. But if you truly see him, you would maintain that fear of God. Like he's God. He's God. You will honor him. You will obey him. Disobedience will cost you. Why when he's made provision would we turn from him? And that provision is obedience. To say yes. To choose to go the way of life. To say, yes, God. Christ living in me. Maintaining that spiritual newness of life in him. Paul opens up this letter to the church of Ephesus. And listen to what he says here. He says here, this letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. I pray that's how God or how those will see us. Can others say that about us? Can others say that about you? Can other believers see that? Can that be a confession made for our fellowship, for your life? That you are a faithful follower of Christ Jesus? Because that's how we should be living. Even in our failures. They should see Christ in us. Even when the moments that we stumble and fall, that we get up that we repent, that we turn from. Repentance is a turning from. It's going a different way. Faithful followers of Christ Jesus. He says, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. You can only find grace and peace in Christ. Not in anything else of this world. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes." I really encourage you. These scriptures that we're reading this morning, I want you to go this week. I want you to sit down. I want you to open up the word. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. I want you to see the depths of his love and of his mercy and of his grace and of his truth through the reading and the living out of his word. Because again, we're not just to be hearers, we're to be doers. How is your life impacted by this truth in which we just heard? Think about that. Even before he made the world, God loved you and chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes.
3: <clears throat>
0: How does that impact your life? What truth is being spoken? That can demolish the strongholds that have been established. With insecurities, with deception, I mean, you name it. That truth alone there, if we really grasp it, if we really apply it, we will walk differently. We will choose life. Because why would we give up what we've been given? No one can take it from us. We give it up. We turn from Him to believe the lies, uh, to live in the brokenness, to be wrapped up in the insecurities. But I want to challenge it. Do you really believe whom you say you believe in? Do we really allow His truth to define us? God chose you in Christ. even before he made the world. It says here, verse 5, God decided in advance, look at this, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Not by your works, not by your pleading, Mm -hmm. trying to do good, beating yourself up because you don't do good, Pretending to be someone super spiritual that you're not. No, it's all because of Christ. It's all through Christ. God decided in advance to adopt you. And if you read it for yourself, God decided in advance to adopt me and to his own family by bringing me to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what God has done for me. This is what God has done for you. This is what God has done for us. But how is that impacting our lives? How is that impacting your life? Day in and day out. Because this is the truth. And it's the truth that sets us free. We are to maintain freedom in Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out onto us who belong to his dear son. And remember what grace is. Grace is the power to transform. It's not the license to sin. Like grace, God's grace. It's not a watered down kind of keep you where you are type of thing no grace is the power to transform god's grace do you see it do you know it do you walk in it the power to transform it is by his grace that he has poured out this unto us He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased, look at this, our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. You're not lacking in wisdom and understanding. The problem is you're just not moving in it. In Christ you have it. You have the wisdom and you have the understanding. It is through his kindness towards us. He has given us all that we need to live a godly life, you all. He has forgiven our sins. We are freed. God has now received, I'm sorry, God has now revealed to us his mysteries. His mysterious plan regarding Christ. A plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he would bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Again, we see this truth that should be really impacting our lives. He chose us. He's doing all of this for us through Christ Jesus. We're not lacking. We have wisdom. We have understanding. God's grace has impacted our lives to transform us into these new creations. These truths should be evident in our lives it should be bringing out something within us we're not to hold hold them at arm's length from us or somehow i wish would get them one day no you have it if you're in christ you have this it has been established it's a firm foundation it's a solid ground it's not sinking sand it's not i'm up today and i'm down tomorrow No, we have to learn to live not schizophrenic lives as Christians. Spiritually. In Christ today, out of Christ tomorrow. In Christ this moment, out of Christ the next moment. Fulfilled for a second, unfulfilled the next. We're all guilty of it. But we have to get to a place where we're growing and we're maturing, where we're consistent in our walk with Christ maturing and growing so again so that others will be impacted with his truth with his grace the power to transform he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. We've talked about that a lot here. God's purpose, God's plan to have a people that he will call his own and in return they will call him their God. This is our God, you all. It says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. You need spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Pray for that for yourself. Pray for that for us. Pray for that for others. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ, and he has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ. Who fills all things everywhere with himself. Wow. Chapter 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience. And your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. The devil. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Look at that. You were once dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world obeying the devil. That's how you used to live. That is not how you to be still living. You used to live in rebellion towards God and his kingdom. If you are in Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, you've been born again. Sin is no longer to be your master. That's how you used to live. Obeying the devil, living out of your own flesh and its appetites, living in chaos and destruction. That's all the flesh knows to do, is to die. The enemy wants nothing more than your death, he incites rebellion, and we go and we follow along with it. But it ought not be so for the church. The church should not continue to go her own way. Remember, we're to flee from the message that gives us rights to ourselves. We're to turn away from darkness and then go into the light in which Christ has provided. We are to live as freed people why will we continue to live under enslavement to sin when we're freed no matter what the world no matter what the so-called message in the church wants to give us to tell us that we can live however we want we recognize that it's not true if you understand if you have the understanding of God's word, you open it up, you read it, you allow the Holy Spirit to bring truth and enlighten it to your life, you apply it, you would recognize that that is such a deceptive teaching that's going on, trying to woo people away from the gospel of Christ by giving them the rights to their self, by going back to the way in which you lived before Christ. And we see that way. It was subject to God's anger. And that's why you've always heard me say, why would you choose his wrath over his love? Such great love that he has revealed to us. Such great love. Why would we choose his wrath? Why would we choose, again, death? and our attitudes, and our comings, and our goings, and our thoughts? Why would we continue to go the way of the rebellious? The good news, verse 4. But God is so rich in mercy and loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead long ago, I mean along with Christ, and seated, with, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us and on all future ages as examples of his incredible wealth, of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. We see how we once were. Rebellious. Sinful. Obeying the devil, and yet we get this beautiful picture of redemption. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. That's why our message is just not the cross. If all we had was the cross, our message would be foolish. It is because of his resurrection. It is because what took place after the cross. His resurrection. Because of his resurrection, sin and death are defeated. Like sin is no longer your master. It doesn't mean you won't sin. It just means when you do, you know... The conviction of the Holy Spirit to bring you to the place of repentance. To get up and press on maturity, maturing in Christ. That we're not a slave to sin. It doesn't master us. Rebellion doesn't define us. And if it is, if rebellion is defining you, if you're continually living a life that sin is mastering you, then God have mercy. May God bring you to himself through repentance that you would lay your your sin down, that you would confess it, that you would repent, that you would turn from the wickedness and the rebelliousness and that you would trust him to accomplish what he has said he's accomplished in your life. That you would know freedom, that you would walk in freedom, That you would truly understand these scriptures that are being read. The scriptures in which you are holding. The scriptures in which you can look and you can see this truth. That this is what God has done. This is what God has accomplished. This is what God through Jesus Christ has done for us. Because of how much he loves us. His love for us brings about such great transformation. Like he saved us by his grace when we believed. It's of no credit to ourselves. That's why we're not to, to try to walk it out or to live out the newness of our life in the flesh. Because the flesh and the spirit, they're at war with each other. This newness of life cannot be lived out in the flesh, it is a spiritual walk. Have you really given thought to that? Because if you had, we would be. Cautious daily of what we do and how we live what we allow to entertain us, what we give ourselves to like are we living by the spirit or are we gratifying the desires of the flesh we ought not to be we ought not to be go to, to chapter 4 Verse 17. And again, these are scriptures we've read before. But these are scriptures as I've been praying through this week that the Lord has brought me back to. And I just want to encourage us in this. Because we're living in such crazy times, you all. And how are you feigning the flame It says here in verse 17 of chapter 4, with the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. That's how people live who do not know God. We ought not to be living like them. We ought not to be living like them. He goes on and says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your formal way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Do you give thought to your new nature? Think about that. When you're sitting and you're going, or or if you're just going through your day, do you really give thought to this newness of life. Have you ever asked yourself who am I now? Because you're not to be living how you used to be. Your weird insecurities, your, your 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 brokenness and all of that that has defined you all these years, if it's still defining you, something's wrong. You've been enslaved by the enemy. Strongholds have been established if you're still moving with the old ways of life. Something's wrong because that's not how a Christian is to be living. You need to take this truth and demolish the strongholds that have kept you captive, that have hindered your freedom. God's not holding anything back from us. You're just pushing it away from you. What are you choosing to believe? Listen to what this says here. Throw off your old sinful nature and your formal way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature created to be, like God, truly righteous and holy. There's a new way to live. There's a new way to live and i love what he says here so stop telling lies let us tell our neighbors the truth for we are all parts of the same body and don't let sin i mean don't sin by letting anger control you don't let the sun go down while you are still angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember he has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead be kind to other to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That's how we are to be living. Stop making excuses. For your bad attitudes, for your harsh words, for your filthy language. Stop making excuses because every time you do that, you're discrediting what Christ has done on the cross and through his resurrection. Throw off that old self. Put aside those mindsets. Figure out who who is Christ and who you are in Christ. By studying, by giving the time and devotion to your new life, to Christ. Because apart from Him, you can do nothing. Apart from Christ, you are who you were. Because that's all you know. Don't be shocked. When you're back where you were, because that's all you know. But recognize this, you chose that. You choose to be nasty. You choose to give in. You choose to sin. But why would you? Because we're called to throw it off. To live differently. To walk differently. To love and to serve. This is how I once was. This is how I am now. I once did this. This is what I do now. Who are you now in Christ? You're growing. You're maturing. But I'm telling you, if we can't stand in this hour, I'm telling you, we're not going to be stand for the days to come. I mean, reality, you all, if what we have endured up to this point, we have not progressed or matured, we are not going to mature and progress for the days to come we will be taken captive and we will go the way of the rebellious i really feel that we need to hear this we've got to stop this weirdness in our christian lives the church as a whole all of our programs, all the things that we do to try to usher people in and yet we're not giving them truth because truth isn't impacting. That's why we have to be Christians, you all. We have to be the church in our day and age. We have to be out there loving and serving, honoring God, living a life Like whose lives are y'all impacting who's coming to Christ because of you where's the fruit of your labor your life should be producing disciples but look around who's sitting next to you reality check for all of us whose life are you impacting so what you can make others laugh so what you can do others and 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 lead them other ways if you're not leading them to, to christ none of that matters where's the fruit of our lives where's the fruit where's the devotion to christ if we can't do it among us, if you can't do it among your loved ones and your families, if you can't live it out, then what really do we have? Like the church is being instructed. This is how you once lived. Stop living that way. Stop it. Throw it off. Learn the newness of life now. Learn how you're to be living. And do it. Day in and day out, just as it took you time to learn to live in the flesh, so it's going to take you time to learn to walk in the Spirit. But for God's sakes, there ought to be evidence in our lives that we are being transformed. Like your lives should be impacting others. Who would you sit down this week with? and disciple and do you really feel comfortable that you didn't I mean reality is what it is like, who's life and not just a little patty cake prayer with them not just a little oh I'm going to send them a little scripture no I'm talking about who are you investing in because others have invested in you Ultimately, Christ has invested in you. But who are you investing in? Who is seeing the change, the transformation? Are you still just so stuck on yourself and the cares of life and your brokenness and your woundedness? Because if all of that is what you're looking for, then that is what's defining you and you're rebellious because you're not looking at Christ. No matter how you want to parade yourself that you are, it's not true. You've been deceived into thinking you're doing and you're not. Because your life is not producing. You should be investing. You should be sowing in to the kingdom of God. You should be allowing God to use the talents in which he has gifted you with. To impact the lives of others. Because if they've known you to be a liar and you stop lying, they're going to take notice. We've talked about these scriptures here many times before. This is not the first time the scriptures have come to us. Like, do you realize if people know you to be a liar and you stop lying, it's going to impact them. What is different with you? If they known you to be a foul mouth, easily angered, bad attitude type of person, and now all of a sudden you are showing patience and kindness. Yes. Not opening up your mouth, not gossiping and slandering like something's different about you. You won't have to worry about searching for people to disciple. No, they would just come to you because they will see something different in your life. What is it? What is it? We're so easy to get entangled in other people's drama and situation. And you know what sad is? Is that then we take it and then all of a sudden we're living what they're living. And that's foolishness that's sin because you should be setting up boundaries you should be upholding truth because you know the truth each of us sitting in here we have all confessed that Jesus is Lord we all know truth we've been around scripture for quite some time and yet we get angry or we get offended by how they may treat us or we get caught up in all of their chaos no, hold up truth love and serve and pray but don't get entangled choose life go a different way if they choose to follow Christ great if not fine they have a right to remain rebellious but we've got to stop taking up camp with people and sitting among it Jesus himself tells his disciples if they do not receive the message move on there's still work to be done. Move on. Listen to what it's saying. And how does this truth impact you? Don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Don't bring sorrow. Not for all that Christ has done for us. And to receive the Holy Spirit, the guarantee.
3: says do not Do not bring sorrow
0: to God's Holy Spirit and get rid of it all. What excuses do you make to remain who you are? Do you read any here? Do, do we hear any anywhere in the scriptures that is read that gives us the right? That just coddles us and says, it's okay. It's because of how they treated you when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor you. It says, get rid. Stop living that way. Stop going that way. But I can't. You're right. You can't. But he can In and of yourself, you will not change. That's why you must receive the fullness of God's grace to transform you. Be honest with yourself. And in that honesty, in recognizing, that'll drive you to be even more dependent upon God. Day in and day out. More dependent upon God. He's giving you everything you need to live a godly life. So you do not make excuses for your sin. You do not make excuses. You press in. I don't want to lie. I don't want to steal. I don't want to cheat. I don't want to be this way. So, God, I need you. You transform me. So, my hope is in Christ. So, I'm going to be and walk in a new creation. What I used to enjoy, I'm not doing any longer. I'm not going to continue to put myself in situations that I know I ought not to be. I'm going to hold up a standard because that's a standard in which you have set, God. I'm not living by the laws of man. No, I'm living by the ways of God. He goes on in chapter 5 here, and this is where I'm ending. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. How do you get rid of Of all of the stuff that we were just told to get rid of? Following Christ. His example. And if I ask us today, how much time have you given this past week to follow Christ? To learn of Christ? How did Christ live? How did He respond? How did He act? How did He serve? How did he love his
3: compassion?
0: He didn't think of himself. No, he lowered himself. He came to serve, to love. He's our example. He held up the standard of God. He didn't condone sin. He called people to repentance. My keys are example. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual morality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, they are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God. I'm I'm sorry, the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. He's writing to the church, y'all. Don't be fooled. Don't be, don't be called up with the so-called Christians who excuse sin in their lives. Don't be fooled by the message that gives you the right to yourself. No, because those people and those who continue to go that way, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. Here's truth again for us. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. This truth. You are the people of light. You are the people of light. Careful of the darkness that you allow in that you give rights to, that you don't have a problem with, that you make excuses for. You're not to have anything to do with darkness. Anything to do with darkness. Live as people of light. Look at this, verse 10. carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. That really is the the sum, if you would, of, of the message today that I really feel impressed not only just for myself that God has been speaking to me this week, but for all of us. Be careful how you're living. Don't live like fools. A fool is one who says there is no God. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise remember wisdom so reading through Proverbs make the most of every opportunity in these evil days make the most of every opportunity that you are given to exalt the name of Jesus to be his ambassador to represent him in these evil days don't act Thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Give thought, you all, before you make a decision. Give thought before you put your hands towards it. Give thought before you take things in with your eyes. Give thought before you speak things out of your mouth. Give thought to what you're thinking upon. Take thoughts captive that are contrary to God's truth. Bring them into the obedience of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It, this has to be practiced. This it has to be applied to your life. If you're just allowing things in, you're going to be taken out by yourself. By yourself. You're going to choose the way of the wicked. Because you have refused such great law. And kindness. And grace. Don't be drunk with wine. Because that will ruin your life. Instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Among yourselves. And making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything. To God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am going to add one more reading. Colossians chapter 3. And that is where we're in today. Colossians 3, 1-17 Since you have been raised to new life with Christ set your sights on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Again, you all, this new life. Who are you now? Not only should others see a transformation, you yourself should know the transformation that's being taken place in you. Are you giving thought to the realities of heaven? You ought to be. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. So many of us are waiting for God to take things away from us. And God is saying, "No, you just put them to death. By that which I've already done within you, you choose. Because no greater love than this is displayed until one chooses to lay their life down. You're loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your body, and with all your strength, then deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow Him. Die to these things put to death have nothing to do with don't keep going back stop giving yourself the rights tell yourself you are a dead man a dead woman you are alive in christ this is all you know to live now well i can just let a little bit in no you can't let any of it in It's time to grow up. It's time to mature. It's time to start bearing fruit. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual morality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Sounds like what we just read in Ephesians. And yet again, he's telling another church, stop living this way. Stop doing the things like the world. Understand that's why the anger of God is coming. That's why the wrath of God is going to hit this earth. And we're not to be caught up in the wrath. Because we've been caught up already in his love. There's work to be done. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. So put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew, a Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself. You must put on the truth. You must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience you must clothe yourself you must apply these truths to your lives or you must stop making excuses there is a way in which you are to be living make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you remember the lord forgave you so you must forgive others Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. I've been thinking a lot about joy and peace. Like, are we experiencing God's peace, you all? day in and day out I've been really challenged by this because again if we can't stand in the time and the day and age that we are in right now what's to come we're not going to be able to when I think about the church and all that she has endured over the years since the church was birthed these people have peace. Mm -hmm. When I think about our brothers and sisters who are martyred for their faith, when I think about Christians in India Mm
3: -hmm.
0: who are coming to Christ and their circumstances aren't changing, but their lives have changed and they're impacting. They have such a peace about them. Mm -hmm. Do you have peace today? We ought to. We ought to. I'm really hoping that each of us will go away from today and that we would take time to really seek God. <clears throat> that we just won't walk in ignorance, but that we will walk in truth. Like, are we experiencing His peace? Because that's what we're called to live in. Peace. not moved or shaken by every wind and everything that presses up against us, reacting in every single way, but peace. When I think about these people who have endured, and I say, God, only you have given them strength. When I think about Paul, he's just a man, beaten. Dragged out of the city, left for dead. But yet he gets up and goes right back into the city. The power of God sustaining him. Is God's power sustaining you? Are you still trying to sustain yourself through your power? Through your strength? No wonder we're worn down. No wonder we're exhausted and tired. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because we keep doing things in our own strength. That is not who we're to be any longer, you all. We have got to start being dependent upon Christ. We have got to start taking Him at His Word and we've got to start living it out. What does peace look like in your life? That's what I've been asking myself. What does peace look like in my life? Like, God, I want that peace. Like that peace I had, God, when I got up off that floor and I walked out of my life. I didn't know where I was going, who I was going to become. But it's the first time in my life that i ever had peace. I felt whole. I felt complete. Nothing missing and nothing was broken. Peace. To maintain joy. Day in and day out called to live in it and always be thankful and finally let the message about Christ and all its richness listen to this fill your lives What's filling your lives you all day in and day out teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts and whatever you do or say do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. And whatever you do or say Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. We are called to bear fruit. We are called to represent him. We have got to get over ourselves. We have got to repent. We have got to seek him. We have got to hunger and to thirst for more righteousness. The days are growing evil worse just more destruction more chaos more perversion more hell is going to continue to bombard this earth but we are called to live above that because we're dead to that we are called to live as children of light we are called to set the our realities to, into heaven and while we are here until we take our last breath we are called to be faithful this man that we've been praying for Nabil such a faithful follower of Christ passed away yesterday and when I keep reading about his life even when I read re- listen to his video last night of the last video he posted on he was dying in his bed Encouraging the body of Christ. I said, oh God, help us. Help us to get beyond where we've been. God, find us faithful. Because if it can't be lived, then what's the purpose? Choose this day whom you'll serve. I have to believe that Jesus is Lord. That he has defeated sin and death. Because what fool would I be is just to say it and not believe it. What a torment of life it is to have one foot in and one foot out. No, we're to be all in because we're dead to self because you may have been, we have been made alive in Christ. I'm going to close this out with these few worship songs and then I'll close this in prayer.
4: of Jesus and the statement that one of them made, one of them said if you are the son of God come down from that cross and save us save yourself the other thief I think he is a lot like all of us he knew he deserved to be there and he knew that the things in his life that he had chosen, the paths that he had chosen brought him to that place all he was searching for was mercy for grace and he asked Jesus a question he said will you remember me and I don't think he was asking Jesus to make a mental note of who he was and not forget him but I think he was looking at Jesus the the carpenter's son one that grew up knowing how to put things together and I think he was tapping into the side of his life that he watched his father build things and create things when he said remember me I think he was saying can you take the fragmented pieces of a life that I've destroyed and put it together put it all back together can you me and that's how this little song came about it just says remember me
2: Strength is hard to find. And sometimes I want to run and hide. Father, please.
4: said, though I walk through the valley,
2: the valley of the shadow.